Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Why don't we read the Word of God today? And I, why don't you turn to a book I don't actually often preach from. I just want to read a small passage from it, and that is Leviticus chapter 6, verses 12 to 13, just two verses. And online, the Scriptures will be there for you. I hope you're doing well. Our online campus, wherever you happen to be today, or if you're listening to this service at another time, we love you. God wants to minister to you. The Word of God is reaching you right where you're at. So let's read the Word of God. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. So it's the centre of Israel's worship, the burnt offering, the morning and evening offering. And the priests are told, keep the fire burning. The fire was lit by God, but they've got to keep it burning. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. And remember, again, the fire. Anyone else feel like this with their kids? Can you pick up your socks? Can you pick up your socks? Can you eat your breakfast? Can you get changed? Can anyone relate this morning? I won't distract from the Word of God anymore. Remember, 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 because we are prone to forget. The fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. And we know that the Old Testament and these um, systems of worship and offering are just a picture of the ultimate sacrifice that we find in Jesus Christ. We know that the Old Testament just prefigures Jesus Christ and the fact that He would pay the final price for us to experience salvation here healing, deliverance, and He would be the ultimate burnt offering, the ultimate sacrifice. And we would be the altar instead of the the tabernacle or the temple in the Old Testament being the altar, we would become the temple of God and our hearts would be an altar for the fire of God to burn, that our hearts would burn with His love, burn with His presence, that our churches would be set on fire. And it says in Acts 2, 1 to 3, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a Sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw tongues of flames of fire, so tongues like flames of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were set ablaze. The Holy Spirit birthed the church in fire. And we're to keep the fire going. I have a fascination with fire. Some may call me uh, out as having pyromaniac tendencies, uh, but we'll remove that from the recording. (laughs) Um, When I married Andrew, um, I discovered he has, being a HRE and being very particular and being being an uh, incredibly smart and intelligent man, he has a strong safety consciousness. And my pyromaniac tendencies set him on edge. I can't just leave the fire. I have to poke it and change it and watch it and go, that log's not quite where I want it, right? We made it. 
through three months, uh, th- I was going to say three months, I wish it was, three weeks of our honeymoon in Europe and we had not one fight, no tension. It was so smooth. We are a walking miracle. We made it through travelling Europe uh, and he carried suitcases up the Paris steps and all those types of things. But when it came to camping straight after our honeymoon, we nearly filed for separation uh, because there's lots of different ways to do a fire. Andrew is a set and forget kind of guy. Do it once, do it well, and the fire will keep burning and you just add logs very cautiously. I'm a poke it, prod it and play with it kind of person. Fire is fun. That's my view of it anyway. Shalini, do you have that view of it? Um, We've got, (laughs) I need friends, support me. No, I don't want to split the room. I don't want to divide the church. And Andrew and I are very united on all things. Um, We have a tradition in our family. It's become a tradition that in July, we do a winter holiday. We go to a cold climate and fire is a prerequisite. Um, I don't care how beautiful the Hampton styling is of that Airbnb. I don't care really how the jacuzzi feels or the lap pool that's heated or anything. It doesn't actually excite me. What excites me is the fire and we won't be found there unless there is a fire in the Airbnb who likes a fire. Um, This year for my birthday, it wasn't a particularly special birthday in terms of age. It's just, to tell you the truth, we sang gratitude. My overwhelming feeling this year was just gratitude. Thank you, Lord, that I've lived to this stage and you're using me in this decade. And thank you, Jesus, that you have so much more uh, for me in the decades to come. Well, to mark the place, and probably because I've ideated about it for about six years, Andrew bought me a fireplace for my birthday. (laughs) Now, it could have been a dog. It was about that price, and we're we're thinking we'll get a dog at some stage, but the dog fund went to the fireplace fund this year. And I've become a fire ninja. Is anybody else a fire ninja? What I've discovered about fires that I didn't fully understand until I owned my own and I've been having fires. As soon as that temperature drops below 18 degrees, we're getting a fire. We're doing a fire. You need ignition. You need kindling. You need oxygen and you need small and ever-increasing sizes of wood to keep the fire from burning out. And so we got to our Airbnb in Freycinet National Park in Tasmania recently and I was excited about the fire, very small little cabin type thing. We're going to go do a bit of hiking with our boys and it was beautiful. And would you believe, no Jiffy fire starters when we arrived. And if you've ever been to Coles Bay, you can't buy things readily. The shops close at about 3pm and there's one of them. And there was no kindling either. No ignition, no kindling meant no fire. Now, Andrew did a heroic effort. One and a half hours, he was rubbing sticks together. I'm like, you know, it's like... (laughs) There was matches and so we're trying our absolute British best to get this fire going. Um, But without the ignition, without the jiffy fire starters, and we're not that good, and without the kindling, there was no fire. The fire was dead. And I've also learned that you have to, once the fire is established, you have to keep on increasing the wood at a particular pace, right? You can't just leave it because it will burn out. 
If you leave the fire, it burns out. And, and I've seen it happen a couple of times. You see, what I've noticed too in our home since we got the fire, fire changes everything. Now, you can have a differing opinion. Some people like their air con, but just go with me for a moment. What the fire's done for our particular family is conversations feel not just physically, but emotionally warmer. We sit with our boys around the fire and we might talk, we might play games and the fire has changed the atmosphere of the home. For me, I like to work next to the fire. If I'm working after hours, there's nothing more beautiful than sitting by the fire. Suddenly for me, work doesn't feel so much like work and I love my work, but the fire incentivizes me to sit and do the work and there is a joy in sitting by the fire. When we stayed at one particular place in Tasmania in a gorge in Launceston, beautiful place, and we chose it on the basis of the fireplace. They advertised a fireplace. And when we arrived, there was no wood, kindling or ignition. And so I rang the owner and said, where's the wood kept? And she says, oh, actually, you're not allowed to use the fire um, because we've had issues with uh, tenants using the fire, just use the air conditioning. And I told her very, very quickly, there is no substitute for fire. There is no substitute for fire. I don't care how warm that air conditioning is or the heat pump that you have installed because you're a little bit European. I want the fire because there is no substitute for fire. And can I just say that you are designed for fire. You are designed to live with fire. You are not designed for substitutes to the fire of God, to the presence of God. You are designed to live the, with the warmth and the glow and the presence of God in your day-to-day -day life. And in fact, the Levitical priest Aaron and his sons are instructed do not let the fire go out. And New Testament believers are instructed in the same way that we are to keep the fire burning, that we are to fan into flame the gift of God, that we are to constantly have the breath of God blowing on our lives, that we are constantly to have the Word of God kindling the flame of God in our lives. You were made for fire. It's your native environment. It says in Matthew 3.11 that John baptised those with water who want to repent of their sins. But Jesus Christ baptised with the Spirit and with fire. Isn't that amazing? He'll not just baptise you with the Spirit, but He will baptise you with His fire to burn off the parts of you that are not like Him, to refine you and change you because fire changes everything that comes into contact with it. But not only that, Jeremiah says, when the Word of God is in my bones, it is like a fire. My kids sing a song, when his word came, I ate it. And they looked at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, let's have a look in Jeremiah. When God's word came, I ate it. And of course it was burning in him. He ate it, digested it. It was like wood going on the fire. And of course his bones would burn with the fire of God because he'd been eating the word of God. 
Hebrews 12.29 states that our God is a consuming fire. Isn't that an amazing thing to know? I mean, it's awe-inspiring. We were praying in the prayer meeting this morning, the pre-service prayer meeting. God, You are holy. We thank You for Your holiness. And God, consume us in Your holiness. Make our lack of wholeness whole in Your holiness. Purify us, God, because You are a consuming fire. Do you know that consuming fire can touch your marriage? Do you know that consuming fire can touch your anxiety? That consuming fire can consume those things and He can consume you so you are close and a part of Him. Paul says to Timothy, actively tend to the fire in you, Timothy. Fan into flame the gift of God in you. You actually have to attend to it. God lit the fire for the priests when Aaron and his sons tended that fire, they didn't light it, but they were instructed to tend it. We as the people of God didn't light the fire. In fact, there's a song about that, right? If anyone knows, yeah, I won't even go there. Generations ago. Uh, <laughs> What's his name again? Thank you, thank you, sold to the man on the left. Billy Joel, thank you. We didn't light the fire. And that is true. A true word was never spoken. God lit the fire in you. God gave you the faith to come to salvation. God birthed the church in the fire. But we have to attend to the fire. We have to feed the fire. You know, but some of us are like, God, I'm kind of cool with the smouldering coals of yesterday's fire. And I look at my fire this morning and there's smouldering coals from the raging fire we had last night. And of course I had to fan it into flame this morning as I prayed and sat next to the fire. Um, But some of us are like, you know, I'm cool with my smouldering coals. It's warm enough. It does enough job. And some of us are like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Jen, another Jen, I know, I'm, yep, yeah, I'm not even going to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, God, let it shine. And he's like, I want you to be consumed by fire. I don't want your little light. Yes, you may feel small and humble and that's good, but I want to actually give you my consuming fire for your little light. And also when you and you and you and you and me and him and God get together in church and all the logs come together and all the flames come together, it is a consuming fire. It's not a little light. We are born for fire, called to live in fire, so much so that the priests are instructed just in that part of the passage three times. Don't let the fire go out, which says to me, it's human nature that we would neglect the fire. We'd neglect the fire of God in our heart, on the altar of our heart. And we can get to a part of the year like July and go, I'm weary. The weather is tired. It's cold. I'm tired. I've lived a lot of months. I've just done youth camp. (laughs) You guys are absolutely amazing. I cannot love our youth leaders more. They are incredible. I thank God for them. I thank God for the next generation that is coming up in the fire of God. And we can get to this part of the year and we can begin not intentionally, but just by the way 
neglecting the fire of God. And yet God says three times to them, do not let the fire go out. Don't neglect your time with me. Don't neglect worshipping me daily. Don't neglect fueling the fire with my word. Because I actually designed you to live in the consuming fire of my presence. This morning, I wanna speak to a couple of areas I feel that God is speaking about when it comes to fire. Just a couple of simple areas I really feel that the Holy Spirit has impressed on my heart. And the first one is the fire in your family, the fire of the presence of God in your family. I really feel strongly in my heart, I feel impressed in my spirit that God is lighting fresh fire in families, that He is bringing us back to the altar of family and saying, I want to light the fire on the altar of family. But the challenge is, as we feed the fire of family, it can feel really ordinary, like nothing is happening. You know, a little bit of kindling here. Is it taking? Is the fire sparking up? I put a small log here and is it, is it actually having any impact with my sons? And I've got two beautiful sons and I absolutely love being a mum. But the day to day when you are kindling the fire of God in your home, there are amazing mountaintop moments and then there's some real low ones, right? Or some real ordinary ones. I remember this week just having a great conversation with my kids and we're listening to Colin Buchanan's song in the car on the way uh, to somewhere and there's profound truth being discussed. And then Harry goes, wait a minute, did he just sing chicken next to the Bible? And the moment was gone. <laughs> so... Um, you, you feel like day to day, when you're having the conversations with your kids, is this making any difference? Is the prayer at night making any difference? Is the discipline in God's ways, is swimming against the current? And Kelly just did the most beautiful tithes and offerings message about living counterculturally and living above in a below world. Well, parenting, can I just say parents and grandparents for that matter, you are actually parenting above in a below world right now. The culture is not conducive to you. But that's okay because you are designed to live in the fire of God and you are, these kids were given to you because you are the exact generation, the exact group of people that God wanted to parent this generation of children on the earth today. I had this experience in the last couple of years where I'm putting the logs on the fire in the kindling, the relationship, the fire in the home with our kids, talking to them about the Lord, praying with them, disciplining them, sometimes not very well, sometimes really good. And I thought, is this making any difference, Lord? And on my birthday a couple of years ago, I was having the quiet time with one of our children before he we went to sleep. And it was just very ordinary night, don't even know that I was doing it real well, to tell you the truth. But suddenly the conversation ignited. I couldn't have predicted it. I couldn't have, I've been praying for it. I've been asking the Lord that both my children would have assurance of salvation imminently. And I felt for this particular child that it would be this year. I'm praying God that by the end of this year, that this child would have assurance of salvation, their own decision that they're making for you. And I just didn't feel it that night. I didn't feel it that night, but the conversation ignited. 
And the conversation went something like this. Um, How can we know that we'll be with Jesus forever in heaven? And I got to describe the sinner's prayer, the salvation prayer. And that child asked of their own accord that night, Mum, can I pray that prayer tonight? Can I come to know Jesus tonight? I want to say to you parents, keep kindling the fire at home. Keep kindling the fire of God in your home. Keep throwing the logs on. Let the ignition happen. Kindle it with conversation and keep the logs of the Word of God up to your children. Don't look at what you see with your eye. Kindle the fire of God in your home. Can I encourage you as well? I feel very, very strongly that we need to consecrate our homes. Parents and in fact, single individuals and those that are flatting with others, you are the gatekeeper of your home. You are the person that gets to decide what's in the atmosphere of your home. Will it be faith or fear? Will it be prayer or complaint? Will it be the music of the world and the media of the world, which is such a primary gateway to addiction to pornography, such a primary gateway at the moment for young people to anxiety and all manner of things? Or will you decide, my home is an altar on which the fire of God will burn in this generation? My my home, I have authority over. Keep the fire burning, he said to Aaron, his sons. Keep the fire burning. Keep the wood up to the fire. Keep it burning. Keep it burning in your home. Can I say that too? Prioritise kids in church. And by definition, that means you're in church too, right? If you want your kids to serve and love the Lord, the statistics tell us mum and dad serving and following Jesus and bringing children regularly into the house of God makes the difference. Can I encourage you, consecrate your family, bring them into the house of the Lord. Anoint your kids. Can I encourage you, anoint your kids, get the good old olive oil and while they're asleep, Holy Spirit, I anoint that son of mine, my do- that daughter of mine, I anoint their mind, their emotions, their will, their future. Anoint them, pray over them at night, take authority, pray in good friendships for them. Pray over them while they're at school. Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus that protects them, not in fear, in faith, because you are keeping the fire burning in your family. You are responsible, just like Aaron and his sons were, responsible to keep the fire burning that God had lit. And can I say spouses and in fact friends and dating people and families, let your interactions be godly, not just in front of your kids, in general, in the atmosphere of your home. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. And can I just say the way you speak to your spouse, the way you speak to your, your extended family, the way you treat your kids can fuel the fire or quench the fire. Can I encourage you today? Let's be those that stoke the fire of God in our homes. Let our homes be an altar. If I could have the keys up, that would be amazing. The other area I want to speak to today that I feel strongly about is the fire of personal consecration and service. And God has lit a fire in you. And that is the grace of God that even when we are faithless, He is 
faithful. You know, it's only by grace, it is by grace we are saved through faith and not by our own works. He lit the fire in you, just like He lit the fire on the altar. But God, I believe in this hour, is calling us as believers to feed the fire that He lit, to burn brightly, to be back on the altar. God, I give my life to You afresh in this hour. God, no matter what is happening in the world around me, I wanna live for You, Holy Spirit. I wanna live for You, God. I want my life to be on the altar. You know, it's interesting um, that with service, when we serve the Lord with gladness, it is out of that place of consecration. When I'm walking well with God, when His Word is living within me, when His Word is seeding my heart, when I'm praising Him every day, when I'm spending time in His presence, when I'm in my car driving to work and praising Him with worship music, when I'm singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to my husband and others as the Bible describes, that we will speak to each other from the Word of God, with the Word of God salting and seasoning everything that we're saying. Do you know, out of that place, service flows very freely, doesn't it? When I'm, when I'm hot for God, when, I'm, when I've kindled the flame of consecration, when I'm on the altar in my own heart, He can refresh my soul. When I'm adding the logs of the Word, I don't fear burnout because I won't burn out because the logs of the fuel of the Word of God and the presence of God will actually fuel me for the service He's calling me to. I wanna freshly challenge us as a church today that the gifts of God are given for service and those, those gifts are fanned in the place of consecration and devotion to the Lord. Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame, the gift of God upon your life. What were the gifts? They were given to build the church. They were in Timothy to build the church of God. Church, I, I believe that there is a fresh wave of service coming on our church where God is saying, I have children to raise for me in the next generation. Who will be those that will consecrate their lives to me to carry the fire of God to the children's ministry? We have campuses coming out of our ears in the pipeline. And I believe that God is saying, Who shall, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? Maybe you feel a call like Fallon did. But you see that service comes out of a place of consecration. God, I'm on the altar. My heart is burning for You, Lord. Let that revival fire take me to serve You. Let that be the fuel of my service. And when that goes, when that consecration fire goes, when that fire of devotion to the Lord goes, service becomes hard. Service becomes, it dries up in fact. And in fact, witness dries up as well. It's, it's, I had this beautiful conversation with a friend from Western Australia this week. And um, he said to me, um, I just, you know, he's a pastor, he's a busy person. And he says to me, I, sometimes I just feel like I just need to get back out onto the streets and tell people about Jesus because it fuels the fire of God in me, <laughs> right? It just fuels me. And out of that place of consecration before God, witness flows. Telling others about Jesus flows. 
Here's what I felt. There's two groups of people I really wanna pray for this morning. And it's interesting with the priests um, and keeping the fire going, part of the instruction to them was to remove the ashes of the previous fire. But listen to this. When the priests removed the ashes of the previous fire, God took that sacrifice so seriously. God took the sacrifices of His people, the worship of His people in foregone days, maybe sown in tears, maybe sown and it cost them something. That animal cost me something. Maybe they'd been through things and they they sowed in tears and believe God to reap in joy. Well, God took that sacrifice so seriously that in the removal of the ashes for fresh fire to burn, there is clear instructions to the priest. I want you to change your clothes. This is serious. Don't just wear anything. Here's what I want you to wear. I want you to dress in robes, symbolising righteousness, symbolising that they were washed. And I want you to take these ashes and remove them from the place of fire because there's fresh fire to come. And I want you to place them in a place, listen to this, a place that is ceremonially clean. I don't want the ashes of the people of God's offerings just to be thrown in the dustbin. That is not how God sees previous seasons in your life. The tears you sowed, the offerings of giving that you sowed into previous years, the tears you cried, the prayers you prayed, God doesn't treat them with contempt, but He does ask you to remove the ashes so that fresh fire would burn. Would you stand to your feet with me today, church? I want to ask, there's two groups of people I want to pray for. The first is actually those, and you you resonate with that. And you're like, yeah, I, I feel like there is some ashes. I want the fire of God to burn. We're coming up to conference. I, I believe that we are going to be baptised by fire, that God is going to touch our lives, that God is going to do something powerful in this place. And maybe you're believing, God, I want an encounter with You at conference. I want to encounter You afresh. But maybe you resonate with that, that I have ashes of a previous season going on for me, that maybe it's the sacrifices I made and God, did You come through? Maybe it's an unanswered prayer. Maybe there's unforgiveness and that is part of the ashes on your altar. Whatever it is, I wanna say to you today, God doesn't take your ashes lightly. He loves you. He sees the sacrifices that were made. He sees the prayers that were prayed. He sees the pain and the injustices sometimes when you are sowing. But nonetheless, He says, will you bring the ashes to me? Would you bring the ashes to me? You know, we've been singing, come to the Father. Um, I wanna create a moment before I pray for that second group of people. And if that's you, you need to actually bring the ashes to the Father today and go, you saw the sacrifice, you saw that I sowed in tears, but God, I'm believing you for fresh fire. And there can't be fresh fire to the full capacity if this is still here. If that's you, would you open your hands to the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Online, you can lift up your hands too. Why don't you just begin to open your heart to Him? Why don't you begin to open your heart to Him? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in this place. Thank You, Holy Spirit, for moving in this place. Right now, God, we give You the ashes, God, the ashes of a previous season, God, the ashes of disappointment, God. Lord, the ashes, God, where we sowed and sowed and we sowed in tears and it looked like nothing came of it. I just thank You. There's someone here or maybe a couple of people here and just everyone, if you could stay in this atmosphere of worship with your hands raised, receiving from Him in this moment. But there is a couple of people here and it was actually over offering. It was a gift to the Lord. And you're like, God, was that wasted? We sacrificed. We gave. Did anything come of that? And I feel the Lord would say to you this morning, that was offered unto me. That was not offered unto man. And you have sown in soil. And God is saying that you will reap in fields that you did not sow in, but it is because you sowed in another field. And God saw that. And there is a harvest coming for you. There is a harvest coming for you. There is a harvest coming for you. Some have sowed and sowed into children and there's ashes of disappointment. God is working on their lives. God is moving in the unseen on those children's lives. So Lord, we give the ashes. We give the ashes to You. There's the, I see someone and it's, an, it's ashes of shame. And you've got on your altar, you're carrying a, a boatload of shame. You've did some things and you're just disappointed that you did it. You're just disappointed in yourself and you did it. Um, and God is saying, um, it's time to give me the ashes of your shame. Because it says in the Word of God that He gives beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.